Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm hopeful that maybe those people could potentially have their lives saved and their disease halted with a treatment that hopefully um, is already out there, already FDA-approved. As you might imagine, it often takes years to develop a safe and effective drug, then get it FDA approved, manufacture it, and get it out to the public. But when it comes to this COVID-19 response, if we know anything, it is that time is of the essence. There is a desperate need to treat severely ill people and also prevent infected people from becoming very sick. So early on in the pandemic, medical professionals started looking at new ways of using old drugs. It's called drug repurposing. The advantage of drug repurposing is that that drug is already approved. It's already gone through the regulatory process to show that it's safe and effective for something. That's Dr. David Fagenbaum. He's an immunologist at the University of Pennsylvania. He's also one of the medical professionals working to find existing drugs to repurpose. So if you can find additional uses for that drug, you already know there's a good safety profile. It's just a matter of matching the right drug to the right disease. It's a fascinating topic. And so today, I sat down with Dr. Fagenbaum to talk about the advantages of drug repurposing and the challenges that are also involved. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. So almost exactly one year ago, and when we became really aware of just how scary and bad this pandemic could be, I said, wait a minute, I'm alive today because I didn't just hope that someone somewhere would figure out a treatment for me. Maybe if I'm hoping that someone figures out a treatment, maybe I should get involved in the search for a treatment. Dr. Fagenbaum's passion for drug repurposing is driven in part by his own experiences. In 2010, while he was in medical school, Dr. Fagenbaum was diagnosed with Castleman disease. It's a rare disorder that can cause tissue and organ damage and sometimes death. Castleman disease brought Dr. Fagenbaum close to death five times until he found his own treatment in a repurposed drug. I'm actually alive today because of a drug that was developed 30 years ago for another condition that we identified through a very systematic process. And we thought it could help to save my life and began testing it on myself. And, and, and here I am over seven years later. When COVID-19 emerged, Dr. Fagenbaum was perfectly positioned to look for repurposed drugs to try and fight the virus. In fact, he remembers the night of March 13th, 2020. That's when most of the country began to shut down. I found myself that night sitting next to my wife, hoping and praying that some researchers somewhere would follow the blueprint that we went through to identify this drug that's saving my life. Dr. Fagenbaum realized that this was his chance to help. So he tapped his team at UPenn's Center for Cytokine Storm Treatment and Laboratory, and he launched the Corona Project. I turned to my team and I said, this is a disease that has many similarities to Castleman disease. We have experience doing systematic drug repurposing. And frankly, I'm alive today because of it. 
let's apply this approach to COVID. And so we launched a project called the Corona Project about a year ago, assembled a team of volunteers and started going through all reported cases we could find of any drug being given to any human with COVID-19, systematically go through that case and pull it into one database, the Corona Project, so we can have in one place all of the drugs being tried to treat COVID. It's one of the many global efforts to identify and track promising treatments for COVID-19 among existing drugs. And so far, Dr. Fagenbaum's team has tracked more than 500 drugs given to more than 340,000 COVID-19 patients. Initially, we thought there might be maybe a couple dozen drugs that would be tried. It's incredible. Now, Dr. Fagenbaum says there are a number of ways potential drugs can be identified whether it's through what's called translational research, so doing work in a laboratory to figure out what's wrong in a given disease in, in that patient's cells and what drugs are already approved that can potentially fix the thing that you find to be wrong. If there's too much of one thing, is there a drug that can inhibit that? Or if there's too little of one thing, is there a drug that can boost that up? But it's about figuring out what's wrong in the patient and then figuring out, are there drugs that are known to be able to, to reverse whatever is the problem? There's another way to do drug repurposing, and that's called high-throughput drug screening, which is where you basically take a bunch of cells from patients and you put different drugs with each one of those cells and you see what happens to them. Do those patient cells have something improve or or get worse even um, as a result of one of these medications in a dish? And then you hope that what you've now learned in your lab will then translate into humans. And and there are other ways, too, to find drugs that, that might be helpful candidates. But until a drug is actually tested in living humans... We don't know how well it's going to work or what its effects might be. What we really need are to do the trials to figure out what drugs are effective. And then when you find out that a drug's effective, the next day you can start writing prescriptions for that drug. I mean, that's that's a real advantage. Testing these medications to treat COVID-19 is critical, but it's also tricky, especially during a pandemic. The so-called gold standard for studying medications is a randomized placebo-controlled trial. One thing that's really important to remember when you think about a disease like COVID, where the majority of people will actually recover whether or not they're given a therapy, is that you have to remember that when you're analyzing the data, is that it could be that the patient would have recovered whether they got the drug or not. And so that's why these randomized controlled trials are so important. In fact, that's the problem we ran into with hydroxychloroquine. So when you find out that a large number of people got a drug like hydroxychloroquine and a large number of people got better, that that doesn't tell you that the drug helped those patients to get better. When you do these randomized controlled trials, you learn that actually if you're randomly even either given a sugar pill or given hydroxychloroquine, you will likely have a similar outcome whether you got the sugar pill or the treatment. Another important part of the equation here is administering the right drug at the right time. A great example of this is dexamethasone. That's an inexpensive steroid medication that has been around for decades and is used to treat many conditions, including certain forms of arthritis and asthma. Amazingly, one-third of patients on ventilators, their lives are saved if you give them dexamethasone. This is a huge benefit. It also is helpful in patients who are not yet on ventilators and preventing them from ever having to get onto ventilators. But interestingly, dexamethasone is actually harmful if it's given too early in the disease course. So taking it when you're recently diagnosed actually is going to be harmful for you, which highlights how complicated COVID-19 is. This isn't a disease where there's going to be a one-size-fits-all, one drug that's uniformly effective. In fact, there are going to need to be different drugs to be given at different stages of the disease course. Another big problem is funding. 
Many of the existing drugs that are being considered as COVID-19 treatments are older and are no longer protected by patent. And that means pharmaceutical companies don't really profit off of them. One of the biggest challenges is that most drugs that are already approved by the FDA are already generic. And when drugs are already generic, there's no incentive for the company that made the drug to go back and figure out how else could it be used. And so there's no financial incentive, which is a huge problem. And oftentimes there's no champions. How do we fix this problem of if a drug is already off patent, so no one is likely to make any money off of it, but now all of a sudden you figure out that it might be the cure for a rare disease like Castleman disease or COVID or who knows what, how do you make sure that there's an incentive in place so that someone will actually do the work to prove that it actually works. It's often up to private donors or the federal government to fund this sort of work. And as part of the process, Dr. Fagenbaum and his team continue to research existing drugs that could be repurposed to treat COVID-19, as well as other diseases. These drugs are out there. What work can we do to figure out how these drugs that are approved for something could maybe be used in a new way that could save a patient's life. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen just because we hope for it to happen. There are drugs sitting at your neighborhood pharmacy that could potentially be a treatment for you or for someone that you love. Even though COVID-19 death rates are going down, there are still hundreds of people dying in the United States every day. And the number of new cases has actually been increasing over the past several weeks. New variants of the virus do pose a threat to the progress that we're making in terms of vaccinating Americans. Right now, most COVID-19 vaccines seem to be effective against the variants, but health professionals are worried that future variants may become resistant. And that's why it's more important than ever that we work to curb the spread and improve treatment options. I know we all appreciate the work Dr. Fagenbaum and other researchers are doing to find drugs that we can repurpose to try and fight this disease. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them in the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.